Welcome to the Digital Public Relations Podcast, covering news and trends in the digital space. Produced by the students in the Public Relations Program in the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University. Welcome back to the Digital PR Podcast. I'm Cole Oswald. And I'm Jordan Schievel. And today we're talking about sports and PR. One of the first things that we're going to talk about is um, the different PR campaigns that are being running and are being ran in the sports that we're covering right now. Um, This semester I wrote for The Money Puck. It's a blog about hockey. And I wrote Fair Territory, a blog about Major League Baseball. For the new 2023 season, Major League Baseball has started a new PR and ad campaign known as Baseball is Something Else. For the new season, baseball has started with new rules, including a pitch clock, bigger bases, and reducing the shift. To inform audiences about these new rules, MLB created this ad campaign featuring some of its more notable players, such as Daniel Vogelbach, Joey Votto, and Nestor Cortez. I think it's kind of important, too, because, like, baseball is such an old sport to do this in a right way because, like, you have the baseball purists, you know, that are like, this game shouldn't change. It's been this way since 1907. And, like, kind of, I don't know, posing it in the right light to get everybody on board, not just the new generation of baseball, but also the people that love it and have watched it their entire lives. I think that kind of, like, raises a really unique uh, situation for baseball PR and just kind of, like, the whole sport in general. I agree. Also, the past few years, I know baseball's had a really – like difficult issue with marketing a lot of its bigger stars like Mike Trout and guys like that could walk down the street and nobody would even know who they are. So I think it's really it's really interesting for baseball to really focus more on the players and their personalities so fans can try to get to know them better and make them more recognizable. It's also kind of crazy, too, that you think about not a whole lot of people know who baseball players are, but they're the most paid people in sports. You know, you got Aaron Judge contract that's three times as much as Tom Brady's biggest contract he signed and like all of those other things. So these guys like, you know, probably back when baseball was big and it was really popular, they were household names. But it's just crazy to see how it's lost its popularity. But I definitely think that changing these rules and increasing the pace of play is something that's going to make it more watchable, make it easier. I worked for the Indians um, in 2017 as an intern, and I remember there were games that I'd be there for like four and a half hours, five hours, and it was just grueling. You know, like you get there at seven o'clock and you don't leave the ballpark until 1230 at night. And you're like, well, that's my entire Friday night. Like if I wanted to go out in Cleveland or do something afterwards, like you couldn't really do it because the game took so long. So I think the like, speeding up the game it adds more offense and that's just it's more watchable um games are quicker it's easier to like actually digest the content and see highlights and things like that and it's just really changed how the game's been played already this season 
I think it would be also a good idea too for baseball PR or the PR of the MLB to kind of take videos and show this visually, like on their social media platforms, maybe show a time lapse of a game that took five hours and just compare it based at the same rate, you know, like do like a point or like a five times rate and show how much quicker that two hour and 10 minute or two hour and 20 minute game is. So people could really get an idea, you know, the other video is still going for another 45 seconds to a minute. And the video with the quicker game is already done because it only takes two hours and 10 minutes now. So I think there's a lot of like visual rep or visual opportunities to like kind of really show how these new rules are doing a lot for the game. For the NHL playoffs, these actually just started too. And um, the NHL PR has kind of been doing some different ideas and stuff. Like um, hockey is uh, not the most popular sport. I feel like it's more of like a a niche audience, but um, it's definitely visual. And I think a lot of people tune in to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs just because it's historic and there's a lot of different things that go on and it's a really high level competition most people aren't going to you know watch your 82 regular season hockey games but everybody kind of has an idea of a hockey team or maybe a few hockey players and it makes them tune in for the the playoffs and i definitely think that is one of the strategies of um the nhl or pr and the nhl this year is they're kind of looking to the game stars i guess in a way that the mlb is too um, to kind of like kickstart those ad campaigns. There's a lot of like videos, Connor McDavid, there's a lot of videos, Jason Roberts, Brad Marchand. Those are guys that are really big names in the NHL. Um, and they kind of put those guys at the focal point because they're people that, you know, fans recognize, even not your devote hockey fan, just your everyday guy. He looks and he sees a 97 Edmonton Oilers jersey. He's like, well, that's Connor McDavid. You know, I know that guy is the best guy in hockey. And that might make me tune in and watch a game or two. And then further on down the line, that's just how you interest more people. So it's interesting to see how they're kind of going about advertising the playoffs this year. So like every place, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. Some of them look really like natural and some just look so out of place. Yeah, my um, my favorite team uh, is the Ottawa Senators and they have uh, their color, sc- color scheme is black, red and white. And on their white helmets, there is a, like it's a sports book in Canada called Bet 99 and they have the logo on either side of the helmet and it looks so <laughs> badly placed. Like it's just this massive logo on a white helmet. And then you see like other ones like um, – I'm trying to think the New York Rangers, they have, I think it's the insurance company, New York life or something like that. And it's like in cursive and it's on the side and it fits like the branding of the Jersey and everything. You're like, wow, that's like, you know, it's like, it's good looking. And then you see like other teams that are just like slap this logo on there for money. And it just seems like it's kind of in bad will. So uh, I know the Padres have like a dark Brown and white Motorola patch, which like it fits in well with their Jersey, but then like the Mets had a red and white um, New York Presbyterian patch, and they look like the Phillies. Like it's just their uniforms at all. I saw that like all over Twitter, and Uh, I seem to say that's another thing that kind of um, I was thinking about in sports and PR too. Have you been following the uh, NBA playoffs that much? Um, A little bit. I've been watching the Cleveland games, but not all of the games in general. Um, especially in the last week, we've seen a lot of 
um, player misconduct penalties. Draymond Green uh, stepped on um, Sabonis and got ejected from a game. Um, DeJounte Murray from the Hawks, he had a physical kind of run in with a referee and got ejected from a game. And I think that also has a lot to do with like sports PR is like, you know, representing your players, like as the team, how do you go about representing a player or backing a player who visually on national TV breaks, not just a norm, but like, you know, a, a thing like in the game, like you push a ref or you step on someone's back maliciously, like that type of thing. Like, I think that is another interesting topic. Like how I wonder, it's interesting to see how these teams go about, you know, like having their players backs when in the limelight in front of everybody, you know, they do something kind of terribly bad. So as someone who hasn't really kept up with um, the entire like NBA playoffs, that is one thing I've seen every time that there's been a penalty or something. I see it all over social media, whether I watch the game or not. And I know I'm sure NBA like PR and the team specific PR definitely does not want that to be the focus of these games. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's definitely something like an interesting subject for the NBA in general, just to try to like, how do you Mm -hmm. take care of that during a game that has so much spotlight on it? Um, things are so quick on social media now too. So like, you know, it happens and people are already tweeting about it. People are already putting things on social media about it before the team even has time to address it. So it's almost like crisis communication, but like in a microcosm, because it's happening as soon as people see it on TV. So it's like, you're already kind of behind the, behind the ball because like you're trying to react to it as it's happening, but the rest of America is reacting to it as it's happening. So like there, and there's no way you can plan for these things. So like, it's just, it it is an interesting thing, but um, for the next topic um, we wanted to talk about sports in uh, virtual reality and like an up and coming um, like kind of form of uh, being at the game will kind of lack of Um, we've seen like uh, VR headsets and people being able to like, be in the crowd, but still be sitting at home. Um, how do you think that would be visual for baseball? And do you think it would be something that with the new pace of play, it would actually kind of, you know, grab on and fans would actually do it? I think it could actually, like, if it goes well, it could be huge for sports. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm imagining, like, almost like a pay-per-view ticket or something like that to watch a big game from right there in VR is just, like it's just a completely different opportunity that no one's had yet. And like the first sport I think that really gets that done is going to be ahead. But um, yeah, yeah, I just see that completely changing. Like everybody wants to go see like a game seven, but say you're not anywhere Mm -hmm. close to where the stadium is and you can pay a little extra to feel like you're at the game by watching it through a headset is just like, that would be huge, I think, for sports. Like that could change. I um the thing that gave me the idea of it this year is I don't know um, if you've watched a lot of like live baseball games, but ESPN started doing this um, view that was the umpire's view, 
and like you were able to see a slider break you're able to see how fast max scherzer throws when it's 101 like it's it's crazy and i can only imagine like having a vr headset on and like being behind the umpire and you can like look into the crowd and like see fans and then you look back and you see the pitch and like you can see the break on it you see a home run from the player's point of view like all of those different things like it just i don't know how it could be bad for the sport especially a sport that's trying to change its brand and evolve to like gather a younger audience like it's just so visual and like the things that you can do with it like I um, saw that the Chinese Basketball Association, they were like one of the first ones to do virtual reality sports. And like they had buttons that you could press to like say players' names and to cheer for the team when they scored and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know, that's just cool. Especially for people that like, you know, couldn't afford to go to the game. Or like you said, like they're far, they're far out of the city and they're fans from 500 miles away. If it you could make it feel like they're right at the stadium, like that's a once in a lifetime opportunity that like, advancements in technology are bringing us so i think also for just promotional content having like vr videos of or like more like pov videos for like tiktoks and things like that just really short form like mm-hmm. pov content or like close up would just be huge for the sport too and just really like attract in new audiences any way you can show the game as quickly and as exciting as possible to audiences is definitely like a great way to pull in more fans and get people that are like more on the bubble about the sport to actually care and yeah. pay attention. Especially too, like I always think about with all these new rule changes and um, things that are going on with baseball. Like if I was to explain it to my grandpa, would he accept it? And it's like, that's cause that's like the era of baseball, you know, that's like the baseball purists. That's how they grew up loving baseball and watching it. It's like, if you can, put a headset on somebody like that that puts them in the game and lets them see and view and experience all of these things it's almost like you're changing the rules but you're also changing the sport for people too which is cool because it's like it's an old sport and it needs you know a revamp it needs a rebranding and like these types of tools they could be just that just exactly what the sport needs so i think that more than anything the VR is it's going to improve and help out the baseball audience for sure. Yeah. I think definitely um, it could play a huge role in sports like basketball and hockey too, like court side for the VR, like things like that would also be huge. Cause yeah. how many people can really like afford to go court side for games like that. But if you can just pay a little bit more for a VR headset to watch the games, that would be like a huge difference for fans i sat on the glass this year at an nhl regular season game um i bought two tickets is right behind the penguins bench mm-hmm. it was 392 dollars a ticket so if i could have just paid 40 dollars or 50 dollars and had a vr experience and then also not had the drive you know three hours there and back like that would have been sold in my book i would have bought that immediately like I mean, obviously, you know, there's things that like you're not going to be able to get at the stadium, but just the view and the experience in general and then tailoring it to people that are in their house. Like, I think there's so much more you can do, especially when um, you talk about like hockey or even basketball, too, because like baseball, the parks are big and they're outdoors. So like the noise is 
good, but like when you're in a hockey arena or you're in a basketball arena watching a game, like it's indoors, it's acoustic, it's loud. People are right next to you. Like it's, it's a one of a kind of one of a kind experience. And I think like using VR, you could show so much more and make it so much more immersive for people. I think it could also make the experience of the games like so much more accessible for people that otherwise wouldn't have been able to like say maybe like ability or something like that. They couldn't go to a game like that. That could also just be huge or like you can get that experience from anywhere. It would be crazy. And then it would be interesting to see too, like you were saying about um, VR for like ads and promotions. It'd be really cool to see teams start to produce ads in VR or even like first person, just different things, you know, highlighting the stars in each of our sports and every sport, really. I could definitely see it working in baseball, like, you know, kind of take batting practice before the game with Mike Trout and VR, how many people, you know, sign on and he gives like a little Q&A and talks about it and stuff like that. I think that is a huge opportunity because like VR is so interactive. Like there could be, he could have a mic in his ear and, you know, you could be talking to Mike Trout. Like that would be, that'd be so cool. Like, and that would be, that definitely be something to bring people to the sport, you know? And I've seen um, like head cams and like POV shots of baseball for like lower levels, but never in the majors. And that would just be so as people mm-hmm. really can't like imagine the speeds they're seeing and things like that. It would just really bring a whole different element to the game. And I feel like it would make it a lot more exciting to watch from that viewpoint than like from behind the pitcher's mound or like above the stadium news that yeah. they have now. And it's also kind of crazy too. Um, you never really think about this, but if I'm sure you've probably grown up watching sports and I've grown up watching sports my whole life too. When you think about like camera angles in NBA is different because they have multiple camera angles. They're always trying to show you something. Camera angles of the NFL, of the MLB, of the NHL, they've been the same since like I can remember. And even if you watch old videos from like the seventies and eighties of the MLB, it's the same exact camera angle right behind the picture. So like this is the first time in really ever that we're able to spice it up and see a whole different perspective of the field. Yeah, and it, I think that would be huge for like bringing in new fan bases or at least making people care more. And it's more ex- more of an exciting product for the fans too. Well, thanks guys for joining the Digital PR Podcast. I hope you guys had fun listening and uh, were intrigued by some of the topics that we covered. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you. And uh, tune in next week for next week's episode as well. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share, or send us your comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Find us on Twitter using the hashtag PROnlineChat. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you.